glass, so DJ turn me up. DJ turn me up. I like my music loud, so DJ turn me up. DJ turn me up. I like my music loud, so DJ turn me up. DJ turn me up. I like my music loud, so DJ turn me up. DJ turn me up. Trying to get hit, musical loudest, nigga but hits If I hop on it, then do what you get I just go in like the fit of a switch I come to party, trying to get hit Musical loudest, nigga but hits If I hop on it, then do what you get I just go in like the fit of a switch Boom, and four, three, two. So I was just talking about this, right? I've had the worst luck with stizzies. Am I right? I've talked about it multiple times on the show. And I was just at the weed shop yesterday because my ass got too drunk. Had my stizzy in my pocket. And I guess if you have it tilted for too long, Depending on the cartridge, depending on what it is, it'll tilt out and the um the the wax or whatever the fuck's inside there, you know, the the stuff that comes out, it comes out and it was completely empty when I when I woke up from my from being passed out and I was just like, let me see, cause sometimes when you tilt your, your pen and stuff like that, a lot of people know what I'm talking about, especially if you're out there smoking a lot. Um it usually goes back down, but Usually when you tilt it over and you tilt your cartridges over and there's no cap on it or anything, then that's when it um, usually, um, you know, leaks out. But anyways, ladies and gentlemen, I think we're live in five, four, three, two. All right, boom, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to a brand new episode of Kicking It with the King at Long Last. I literally thought about this episode all the time, all day yesterday. I was like, not all the time. All day yesterday, I was like, I cannot fucking wait to be back. I did listen to the last episode. I thought it was real good. Um, this one will be real good. Like I said, welcome in, ladies and gentlemen. It is Saturday. Saturday the 6th, 2021. Another glorious day in the brand new year. It's good to be back. <coughs> Excuse me. It's good to be back. It's good to be here. Um, like I said, as always, ladies and gentlemen, at the top of the hour, be sure to follow us on social media at KWTKPod as well as um, Instagram, KWTKPod as well. I do run that Instagram. That is my own Instagram. I really don't have the energy to create a new one because the King Official got taken off, like I said, due to community violating community standards on multiple occasions, I guess. And like I said, a gab.com slash G the King official. So some breaking news at the top of the hour. Because you know how we talked about Parlor and Parlor getting shut out of the app store and not being, not, you know, obviously all the servers for it were, you know, terminated, taken down completely. 
but it seems to be that as if within a few days we could have parlor resurface back up on the internet and then again we'll be um able to function on multiple platforms if we can't function on twitter we can function on parlor and function on gab which gab.com has actually had a lot more faster servers they've upgraded their servers significantly since the the hundreds of thousands of users been you know flocking from twitter to gab so um that's some good news on top of that but let's go back to what i was just talking about because i don't want to forget about this story okay so I've had like the worst luck, right, with the stizzy pins. So I go in there yesterday and, hold on, let me crack this shit open real quick. It's a good story. Um, I go in there yesterday, right? I told the same guy, I was like, yeah, I was just in here probably about a week or so ago. And I'm already back. Like, I don't smoke these carts that fast, man. It's just the fact that, uh, um... You know, it, it tilted over, dude. I've had, like, the worst luck. There was one time in a public bathroom I left my fucking pen in there. I left a full gram, a full-ass gram in the motherfucking bathroom. Are you kidding me? Like, oh, my God, this is 50 bucks every single time. But if you lose the pen, too, that's another 20 bucks as well. So it's a total about, well, you know, 70 bucks. I can lose, a little, you know, 70 bucks every other two weeks. You know, that's not the way it's going to go. That's not the way it's going to go. Now, um, I've held this one tight-knit to my shoulders. I've held it close to my chest. And it's not going anywhere. Dude, I have to say, though, this is probably the best flavor I think I've had. More, more so, the best flavor on top of the most effective. It's the most effective high I think I've gotten. You know, there's times where you get a little head high and all that. But if you mix in this shit with being crossfaded or um, um, drinking alcohol as well with it. Not saying that that's the model and that's the thing to do. It was Friday yesterday, so bear with me, folks. Um... You know, oh my God, my whole body was not not well, not homeost. Is that the proper word, homeostasis? No, it's not. It's significantly far away from what I was talking about. But my body was in like a hibernation, dude. I was just like my body was so freaking high. I, it was it was like a body high yesterday. I don't know how it translated, but right now I'm feeling a little high from obviously from taking multiple hits of this. I've been taking hits of this all morning, <coughs> but. The body high yesterday was absolutely wild, dude. I, you know those kind of highs when you're stuck against a fucking uh, seat and you just don't want to get up? I mean, I can't be, believe that Be Real does a podcast called The Smoke Box in a fucking car being that high. I mean, that shows you that we're levels below lots of people that are professional smokers. I guess, well, we have a lot of fun here, obviously, like I said, if I get too high, I won't be able to talk about everything that's going on and everything that's happening, but, you know, we get we, we get a pretty good amount, we get pretty loaded here on the show every so often, you know, like I said, we have fun, it's Saturday, um, and like I said, you know, Friday, Saturday is more, more so like the party days for people, so that's what we do here, like I said, quickly, as always, ladies and gentlemen, follow us on Twitter, Instagram, KWTK pod for both. G the King Official on Gab, gab.com slash G the King Official. Parlor.com slash G the King Official. When that goes up, ladies and gentlemen, 
I think we might get access back to our own accounts because I had a good massive following on there. So if I get a lot of little lot more followers on there, that'll be that'll be cool. I'm not saying that I don't like Twitter. I'm still gonna use all the platforms, but if there's things that I can mainly talk about more so on Gab and Parlor, then I will do so more so than Twitter because I don't feel, I, you know I I can't really I can't risk losing the platform on Twitter. You know I'm not a guy that likes to play with fire. I mean I will play with fire if need be. But I'm not the kind of guy that will. Because, you know, like I said, obviously, I have my fans from my MMA following. I have everybody that follows me from MMA as well. So, I mean, going into talking about politics or controversial statements and stuff like that. I mean, just, just doing that in general in today's day and age and climate, it's not the safest thing. So, I mean, obviously, like I said, I, like, I love you guys. I like being right here. Um But yeah, it's good to be here, ladies and gentlemen. It's good to be back. We've got a great show from the top. Obviously, um, the fights. We got fights later on tonight. So we got Alistair Overeem taking on Alexander Volkov. We'll talk about that. We'll talk about all this. We got um, we got a whole list here. Looking at the list, I actually wrote this on February 6th. Oh, last night. I wrote this last night at one forty four a.m., ladies and gentlemen. You see, I'm always thinking about the podcast. I'm always thinking about different things. So we're going to get into that quickly. But let me just fucking tell you guys how fucking good this pen is. Jesus Christ. This is amazing. Dude, it's like it, it makes you cough if you take too big of a hit. But fuck. It hits home, bro. It hits. it hits home so much to where I had to question myself. I had to think for a second. Do I want to be high in public with this thing? Do I want to think I can function? I mean, it, it depends on it. Like, you know what I mean? When I've, I've, I've talked about this so many times, like when you get high and shit like that, it's not, it, it just depends on the person. It depends on how comfortable you are with people around you. It depends on how quick you are, how reactive you are. And, you know, it's not so much on whether or not you're high or not. Then again, if people can notice, then that's pretty bad. But if you're one of those people that just look high all the time, I mean, if you look at my face, I generally look the same all the time. Maybe a little bit more times my eyes are a little redder than anything. But, you know, for the most part, I, you know, you can't really even ever tell, man. Like I said, hopefully my bosses don't listen to this motherfucking podcast. Holy shit, could you imagine? Where are we having a story talking about how I got fired for being high at work? No, we're not going to do that, ladies and gentlemen. So, um, yeah, like I said, I, I'm really trying not to have to keep going back to Connected. Um, the store that I, I go to to get my... Uh, you know, obviously, like I said, I'll, I'll get a cartridge when it's need be to get a cartridge, but all this tilting and not having the cap on it has been severely irresponsible. So um, how about um, how about this for a fucking uh, New Year's resolution? How about not having to go back for Stizzy Pen four times in one fucking month when you're getting a full gram? I could understand like saving it or not saving it, but like um, sharing it with multiple people, like, say you have a girlfriend or something like that, and you're just notoriously, you know, sharing it constantly with them, I mean, obviously, not in this day and age of climate, I mean, with coronavirus going around, you don't really want to share too much shit, but you generally get what I mean, right, you know, if you're around your, your normal group of people, and those people never leave the house, 
then you should be good. I mean, like I said, I'm not no fucking scientist. Don't quote me on anything. Safety is like the number one thing. But overall, man, like I said, I don't want to have to keep going back to connected that that often. You know what I mean? But all right, ladies and gentlemen, enough digressing on today's show where there's a lot of talk and a lot of steam rolling in the 155-pound division in the UFC. There's so much to talk about. There's so much matchups to be made. There's so many questions on what should truly be next. There's questions for who should be next for Dustin. There's rightful answers. There's multiple answers in this one. So we're going to talk about the A-sides and the B-sides and every single type of matchup that would make sense. The do's, the don'ts, the, the, succeed, the, the successes and the fails for this. Basically, which fights makes the, makes the most sense and which fights are the ones that will obviously turn heads and get its asses in the seats when it's time. Because you want fights, generally, the UFC goes after fights that they know fans are going to get behind. They're, they're going to go after fights that they know fans are going to be wanting to pay tickets to see. And hence, if we're allowed to have fans again, I'm pretty sure fans and ticket sales are going to be off the charts because fans are going to be wanting to come back and, uh, you know, watch fights in person. I mean, the Connor fight, the Connor Poirier fight, the second fight, that was amazing to see fans in there. It was amazing to see fans roar. It's absolutely wild, man. That's what we've missed for the longest time. So, um,. You know, there's so many different uh, great fights to make at 155 pounds. I mean, whether or not they do the Dustin Connor three fight. Dustin versus Charles Oliveira. The rightful fight to make at 155 pounds is Dustin versus Charles Oliveira. Now, we've been and we've talked about this multiple times on this podcast. There is a difference between the fight that people want to see versus the fight that people want to see and the fight that's rightfully earned. <coughs> now, Charles Oliveira deserves to be in a title fight next. He's the uncrowned champion at 155 pounds. His striking has come um, together slowly but surely in the last you know few years. He's on a win streak. He has devastating submissions. He has um, great takedowns, great grappling. Phenomenal. He has all the skills of a future champion, and he has some slick submissions, man. You got to watch out when you're on the ground with a guy like Charles Oliveira. He's a dangerous guy for anybody. That goes for Poirier. That goes for Chandler. That goes for, for Conor McGregor. That goes for everybody. Anybody has to fight Charles Oliveira at 155 pounds when he's at his peak, when he's at, in his prime, is you know is in trouble, is in for a long night. Unless you can knock him out on the feet and you can avoid the ground game at all costs. So, here we go. At the, here at the top of the list, we got what's next on 155 pounds? Is it Connor and Dustin Trilogy? How does Michael Chandler fit in the mix? Um, Tony Ferguson still at the top in a lot of people's eyes. And he deserves a big fight there, too. I know he called out Nate Diaz for calling out Poirier and saying that he doesn't want to... Um, he doesn't really want the smoke and, you know, he's not calling out real fighters and not all this. I mean, you know, no, you know, Tony Ferguson going on his rants like he always does. So how about this? Let's start at the top. So Connor versus Dustin Trilogy, number three. I mean, they're one and one with two knockouts. Both men have a, a finish over each other. I mean, like I said, still sitting here today on this Saturday, a few weeks after the fight, thinking, that Dustin Poirier was going to finish Conor McGregor. 
the likelihood of Dustin finishing Connor by strikes. If you if you take me a few months back, I mean, I'm thinking I don't know, maybe it's like a you know it's a very tactical fight. Both men have improved significantly, and it's gonna be a a dog fight. You know, maybe en route to a unanimous decision win for either man. I didn't know it was gonna end in and or by strikes. I mean, that just shows you how good Poirier has gotten over the years and, you know, why he deserves a big fight at 155 pounds. But, you know, money-wise and fan-wise and viewer-wise and, and clout-wise, I'd say Poirier versus Conor 3 is going to get the attention because you've got a massive star in the form of Conor McGregor. The entire world is watching anytime Conor fights. The entire world is tuning in. Conor steps on a fucking snail. It's news. Connor punches the old guy in the bar. Obviously, it's news. Anything that Connor does, he tweets, he talks, he says anything, he makes a statement. It's worldwide news. So the UFC's a cash cow, and the UFC, uh, he's UFC, he's the UFC's cash cow. Excuse me, and um, you know anything that Connor does and anything he generates will generate, uh, um, hundreds of thousands of buys and even millions of buys for the UFC. And, you know, obviously, respectively, like I said, this is one of those things when um takes me back to when Khabib was making his rise. When he was, uh, you know, beating all these contenders, you know, when he, when he beat Rafael dos Anjos, he was calling for a title shot. He, he, he was waiting for the longest time to get a title shot. And same thing with Tony Ferguson. Same thing with Max Holloway. I mean, these guys are streaking. They're, they're, they're fighting in the, at their weight class, streaking, being talked about for the next potential shot at the title, but just had never, unfortunately, got their title. I mean, Max Holloway eventually got that title shot late. Tony Ferguson didn't really... I mean, he got the uh, the um, the title fight. I mean, it wasn't an undisputed title fight, but it was an interim title fight against Kevin Lee. You know what I mean? And then, obviously, like I said, Max Holloway finally got the shot after, like, you know, a multiple, you know, double-digit win streak. You know, he, he fought and beat Jose Aldo twice, back-to-back. And, you know, he, he got the job done. And, I mean, all these guys are getting the job done. I mean, there's people that have been talked about for title fights for so long that haven't got the title fight. And Charles Oliveira's in that position if they choose to go with Conor versus Dustin Three. Because Charles Oliveira, I mean, of all respects to Charles Oliveira, he doesn't have the mainstream media's attention. He does. And there's lots of people that know who Charles Oliveira is and push and vouch for him to fight for the title next. But you're talking about generating pay-per-view buys, um, generating attention, interest in the fight. All respects to Charles Oliveira, but, you know, a Conor McGregor fight trends and makes millions and millions of dollars on top of any Charles Oliveira fight any given time. And Charles Oliveira wipes, I mean, Conor McGregor's views and his attention and all the, the, the noise he makes wipes Charles Oliveira out 10 times out of 10. So I think if the UFC goes with Conor versus Dustin Three then that, that's going to be their cash grab. That's going to be what gets the most attention. And if Charles Oliveira does not want to fight uh, Michael Chandler or um, I don't know who else he should fight at 155. I mean, he just beat Tony Ferguson. Michael Chandler wants the Dustin fight too. He wants a title fight next. How does Connor fit in this? So how about this? We could make a little mini lightweight tournament here. But the realisticness of any of these fights coming together, we'll have to wait and see. I mean, Michael Chandler deserves a big fight, too. I mean, after what he did to Dan Hooker, to nobody's taking out Dan Hooker like that, as we were saying on another episode of the show. And it, it's a, um, 
it's wild to see uh, this lightweight division, you know, all come together. I mean, with one guy named Khabib Nurmagomedov not in the picture, it opens up so much stuff. Because, you know, if Khabib was still the champion and still the lightweight king, you know, it would be hard for us to think about anything. Poirier wouldn't even be in the mix, realistically. Because I was, like, thinking about it, it's like, what, Poirier is going to fight Khabib again? I mean, all respects to Dustin Poirier, but right now and the the amount of, of how good Khabib is really right now and the fact that that fight was just so recently, I don't think there would be anything different that Poirier could do <coughs> significantly. I mean, he could avoid the ground a lot more. He did land a lot of good uh, shots. He did back Khabib up a few times in, in the fight, but realistically, I think Khabib just beats everybody that's right in front of them. I'm not saying that Poirier can't beat him. I'm just saying Khabib beats everybody that's in front of them. So with Khabib out of the picture right now, you got guys like Justin Gaethje in the mix too. How can we forget about Justin Gaethje? So Justin Gaethje versus Charles Oliveira fight, number one contender fight to fight Poirier. And how about this? How about this? Let's take a drink real quick. UFC, I'm going to do some matchmaking for you right now, all right? Poirier versus McGregor at the top. Charles Oliveira versus... You ready, ladies and gentlemen? Charles Oliveira versus Justin Gaethje. Or, if you want to flip the script for a second, how about Justin Gaethje versus Michael Chandler? But then, if Charles... That's only if Charles Oliveira doesn't want to fight. If he doesn't want to fight somebody, then Charles... Um, this is a game where you got to grab, grab, grab. You got to strike while the iron's hot. You just came off two amazing wins. And I'm pretty sure you want to keep that train rolling, right? You don't want people to forget who you are. That we're looking at some fun-filled, fan-friendly, action-packed, bloody, gory wars with, with the guys like Paul Felder, with the guys like Michael Chandler. Michael Chandler taking on Justin Gaethje. Are you, somebody's getting knocked out in that fight. So, so I'm telling you guys, I'm not saying that Charles Oliveira is, is a, a bad fighter. Nowhere near. He's very dangerous. I, I, I praise him very highly on the show. I talked about him very highly early on in this sh this very episode. I mean, he, he's just, well, well, realistically, he has great grappling. He's not going to knock any of these guys out on the feet. He's not knocking out a Paul Felder. He's not knocking out a Justin Gaethje. It's similar to Khabib. His best way to win is if he gets the fight to the ground. The best way he wins is if he utilizes his phenomenal submission skills. He's not knocking out Connor. He's not knocking out Justin Gaethje. He's not knocking out Dustin Poirier. His best bet, 99 times out of 100, is to take them down and submit them. And use his grappling. Use his striking to set up his grappling. And any time he gets to get you against the cage or take you down or get you in a transition and catch you slipping, he's going to do it. Charles Oliveira is the most dangerous submission guy in modern-day UFC history right now. Damian Maia is close to retiring. So, I mean, you can't really think of any solid submission guys. Forgive me if I'm forgetting anybody. But realistically, at lightweight, I'd say Charles Oliveira is the most dangerous guy. Pretty, pretty much, man. Um, obviously, like I said, Poirier is... People crown him the undisputed champion. He's the only other guy other than Khabib and Nate Diaz to beat Connor in the UFC. I mean, it's just so wild. So think about it. You beat Connor by stoppage. That's wild. So, I mean, for Poirier, um, realistically, I I'd say, you know, if you really want to do it like this, too. Okay, here we go. Poirier versus Oliveira, the rightful fight, the rightful title fight. 
for the uh, inaugural unify whatever you want to call it the inaugural lightweight title fight Poirier Oliveira Gaethje Chandler Tony Ferguson Nate Diaz add those motherfucking fights to the list baby those are some good fights I mean Tony Ferguson just clapped back at Nate Diaz his comments for wanting to fight Poirier now that's another fight for Poirier as well if you want to put it on the back of the list Nate Diaz versus Dustin Poirier big money fights for for um I mean that's a that's the second biggest fight other than Conor McGregor for Dustin Poirier right now all respects to Charles Oliveira but Dustin Poirier versus Nate Diaz or Dustin Poirier versus Conor McGregor Dustin Poirier versus Charles Oliveira is a, a fun fight, but that's like a, you know, this is like we're partying, for example. Pretend we're just partying. You know, we're supposed to go with Charles Oliveira. That's the rightful guy to go with. But we want to stay back and we want to party with Connor. We want to stay back and party with the Diaz brothers. Does that sound more exciting than going and ch hanging out with Charles Oliveira, who doesn't even speak English? I mean, he tweets in English, apparently, but Google Translate's a hell of a thing. Ladies and gentlemen, but uh, I mean, overall, dude, more people know who I mean, no, people know who Charles Oliveira is. Don't get me wrong. I'm not trying to trash him. I'm not trying to say that he isn't deserving. No, that's the farthest thing from being true. I'm saying fans, basic fans, people that aren't really necessarily hardcore fans of MMA completely, but they're fans of Nate Diaz and Connor. I mean, people are going to tune in from the boxing world and all over the fucking place. People's parents, people's grandmothers, all these people tune in for Connor fights. And Connor versus Nate Diaz is still a real fight, too. That's a trilogy. Both men are one and one in that one. So Connor has, has uh, on top of that, you know, take a little step away from Dustin Poirier for a second. Connor has two trilogies in his own right that generate millions of dollars as well. He's got the Poirier fight, the third one. He has a Nate Diaz fight, the third one. I don't know how realistically a Khabib fight's going to be for Connor, so we're not even going to mention it, and we just mentioned it by mentioning it. But, you know, there, there's a good couple good fights for him, too. If Connor does, if Connor doesn't uh, fight Poirier X, or people don't think he should fight Poirier X, he should fight Nate Diaz or Tony Ferguson. A Tony Ferguson fight's good. I like that one. I mean, I don't see Tony Ferguson throwing those nasty calf kicks, and I do think Connor can land on Tony Ferguson, and I think Connor can hurt Tony Ferguson. If you get to Connor that fought Eddie Alvarez, I know there's really not that much history to go back on. I know we reference a lot of the same fights over and over and over for Connor, but if you get a motivated Connor that comes in the way he came in against Eddie Alvarez, and you know he he comes and brings that against Tony Ferguson, that, that uh, obviously, like I said, it's easier said than done because Tony does have a gas tank. He is coming forward. He's not going to let you breathe, and he's going to wear you down. And, and we have, honestly, seen Connor at times tend to slow down, and his, his stamina has never usually been his best friend in some cases and stuff. But, you know, if he, if he dictates the pace and, you know, he picks his shots wisely, he can land on Tony Ferguson. He can hurt him. And, you know, vice versa. Same thing with anybody else that he fights. I mean, like I said, Connor, Justin Gage, he's a fun fight. I mean, if you match any of these dudes singly together in any of these fights, man, it makes for fun fights. I mean, throw Paul Felder in there. I mean, Dan Hooker's still in the mix. I mean, obviously, just because he loses to Michael Chandler doesn't mean he's out of the, here having fun fights. However, it's probably not his stock won't necessarily be as high. But those people that I mentioned before, Poirier, Michael Chandler, 
Justin Gaethje, Charles Oliveira, Conor McGregor, obviously. Those all made for some phenomenal, fun fights. So, I mean, it's up to the UFC. I mean, it's going to be amazing to see. I'd love to see, uh, if, if, if you ask me that question and ask me what I would like to see first, I'd say, I'll think about probably, I'll think, you know, if if Chandler doesn't fight Poirier next, I'd like to see Chandler versus uh, Gaethje, Poirier versus Connor. But if, if I don't, if I don't get Poirier versus Connor, if they don't go with that, I'd say Poirier versus Oliveira, Chandler versus Gaethje. Whoever wins, either Chandler versus Gaethje gets the title fight against Poirier versus Oliveira. That, that's the only thing that seemingly seems to make sense right now. I mean, Tony Ferguson has big fights for him, too. I'm pretty sure. Nate Diaz, if he really wants to return, then, you know, you can throw him in there as well. I mean, it, it's, it's all about name recognition at the top. These motherfuckers are the baddest dudes out here right now. I mean, those are really the only people I think about when it comes to lightweight ranks. I mean, there's lots of fun fights. I mean, Benil Dariush fights. He actually fights tonight, too. So, And we've got um got some fights that are tonight, too. So talk about those, too. Um but a little bit more left here. Just wanted to uh, give a quick little congratulations to a very fun debut for uh, Paige Van Zandt. Unfortunately, on the losing end, a unanimous decision. Um, obviously, like I said, it takes very it's very tough ladies in there. Very, uh, you know, obviously very tough and very uh, devastating sport. Bare knuckle. To see her come in and obviously fight very good. And, you know, she did real good. She landed a lot of nasty shots, too. Uh, very classy. Like you said, here's your post. Humble in victory, humble in defeat. But um, let's quickly go back, circle back to the lightweight title picture right now. So let me just clarify, just in case I didn't make it very clear. Um, so what's next? I mean, if someone were to ask me, I'd say, you know, money-wise, go with Conor versus Dustin in the trilogy. Chandler versus Gaethje. Either, and then what do you do with Charles Oliveira? He already beat Tony Ferguson. So, I mean, you got to either put Charles Oliveira against Dustin or uh, I don't really see any steam behind Michael Chandler versus Charles Oliveira because reportedly Oliveira did turn that fight down um, in just like a couple weeks or something like that. And obviously, like I said, he just beat Tony Ferguson. You know, he, he's in that mix where he deserves a title shot now. It's crazy to say that nowadays. Charles Oliveira... Um, deserves a title fight so uh we'll see what happens with that um let's move along ladies and gentlemen but quickly like i said follow us on twitter and instagram at kwtkpod g the king mma on twitter as well anchor.fm forward slash kwtkpod ladies and gentlemen like i said if you like our show if you support us um if you rock with us if you're if you're a loyal listener to our pub our, I was going to say our program, to our podcast, ladies and gentlemen. You can uh, obviously subscribe to our show on Spotify as well, um, KWTK Pod, um, like I said, on Instagram, Twitter. But you can find our show exclusively on Spotify Podcasts and also Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, everywhere you get your shows, ladies and gentlemen. Leave us a five-star rating, like, share, rate, review for every single one of our shows, share our episodes. Thanks for the love. Thanks for the support. Ladies and gentlemen, let's move along. Okay, so um, some breaking news also um, being announced. Uh, Jake Paul will fight Ben Asker next. He's not fighting Dylan Dennis. He's not fighting another YouTuber. He's fighting the one, the only, Ben Askren. So many questions going into this one. I've 
seen this so many times. I haven't really necessarily got enough time to sit here and think about it. And obviously, like I said, there's a little bit more credible opponents. Not saying that Ben Askren is incredible, but, you know, when you think about Ben Askren, you don't really think of the stand-up. If anything, you think the opposite because, you know, Ben Askren's an Olympian, you know, Hodge Trophy winner, you know, wrestler, and you went to the Olympics. But he never really was polished in the stand-up game. So, I mean, think about a, a dangerous young guy like Jake Paul, nasty, nasty power puncher. I mean, he, he's a good fighter. He, he's he's shown multiple times in his fights. I mean, he's for real. He's more for real than CM Punk. That's for goddamn sure. So, I mean, we have Jake Paul taking on Ben Askren. So that's a huge, huge risk for the MMA world. That's a huge, huge risk for Ben Askren as well. I mean, because, you know, infamously, unfortunately for him, he's on the tail end, one of the most uh, devastating highlight reels ever. I mean, it's a Jorge Masvidal. I mean, for him to lose to a Jake Paul, I mean, Jake Paul's boxing is, is solid. I mean, Ben Askren is obviously trained with a lot of good guys and, and guys that are really good with striking as well. So I'm pretty sure there's nothing that Jake's going to do that Ben hasn't seen. But there's really, you know, Ben's stand-up is the biggest question here for this thing. I mean, a lot of people are, you know, people are, you know, Ben Askren's representing the MMA community right now. The former champion, some dominant wins in the organization. And for Jake Paul to knock out Ben Askren like that, do you know how much, how much, uh, not disrespect that is? It's not disrespect. It's just, it's odd to think about. If you, you sitting back there, you're thinking like, dude, how the fuck did this happen? How the fuck did Ben Askren, former world champion, uh, top contender in the UFC at one point, and wasn't fighting for the title or anything like that anytime soon, but, you know, obviously big wins in Bellator, big wins in 1FC. Um, for him to lose to Jay Paul is probably the, one of the biggest and hard-hitting things for the MMA community. That's That's... A billion times worse, like a billion, a billion, billion, billion times worse than Connor losing to Mayweather. Right nowadays, no, 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 that's it's worse. Jake Paul is the Mayweather, and obviously, I mean, I'm I'm not gonna say I'm not comparing him to Mayweather. This is such a bad segue. But just like you know, you knew that Connor had power in his hands. Connor is known for his vicious, his combinations, his vicious knees, his vicious elbows, his vicious, uh, his vicious power in his left hand. How how accurate, how strategic he is. Ben Askren, you know what he's gonna do. He's gonna try to take you down and smash you on the ground, and or choke you out. He's not. Oh, you're not gonna come in here and say, oh, Ben Askren's. Gonna knock this guy out. When the fuck has anybody ever said that? I mean, he may have vicious ground and pound, good elbows on the ground, and this overall solid top game. But there's never an instance in any of Ben Askren's fights as anybody ever. You know, you, you gotta question yourselves and ask yourselves this question. Have you ever banked on Ben Askren and knock somebody out? That's the biggest problem here. What is this gonna be a unanimous decision win? For Ben Askren, because he's gonna outpoint Jake Paul. I mean, it's a it's an interesting fight. Um, I never ever thought, nor would I ever picture myself sitting here talking about this fight or breaking it down. But here we are.
on the Saturday morning, Saturday afternoon, excuse me. Um, hold on, let me reply to this text message. Yeah, so, sorry about that, guys. If you're going to type it in the background, I'm fucking sorry. Oh, fuck. But quickly, ladies and gentlemen, let's take a quick commercial break. Okay, thank you, ladies and gentlemen, for um, being patient, and we're back. So, like I said, yep, it's a huge ask. It's a huge risk. Um, do I feel comfortable with saying Ben Askren can win this? I mean... Ben Askren may have a better gas tank, and, you know, obviously he's been able to go the five-round distance on multiple occasions. May not have the best punches, but I see an instance where he could, you know, he could, he could land something. You know, if, if they're solely focusing on boxing, you don't really have to worry about the grappling stage. So maybe, just maybe, we could see Ben Askren... Just focusing on his hands. So if he's focusing on his hands, and he's got that old man strength, that that's gonna make Jake Paul look bad. Especially if if it flips, if you flip the script and Ben Askren puts a clinic on Jake Paul, and he can take him into the deeper rounds and, and take him somewhere where he's never been, because he's he's a first uh, fighter that Jake Paul's fought. And I don't know the fuck the first person was. I mean, Nate Robinson, former failed basketball player or something like that. You know, it, it wasn't anything special. So he never fought before. But you guys, you got a guy who's fought um, 19 plus times and sparred in, in training multiple times too. So you got a really seasoned veteran in the form of Ben Askren, you know. Remember the, remember the career of Ben Askren for the longest time. He was like, oh, what if this guy was in the UFC? It really, you know, it was like a one and done. It wasn't really anything, uh, it wasn't really anything, um, too special, but he was able to get in there. And unfortunately, it's on the end, like I said earlier, of one of the most, uh, devastating, uh, highly real knockouts being on the end, losing end of it. But, um, you know, he still was able to make it to the UFC. That's the thing. That's the most important part. But like I said, that's a big ask for him to if he, if he loses to Jake Paul, like I said, that's one of the that's that's a hard one. That's a hard one to come back from. You know, for Ben Askren, that would be two massive L's in the row that's gonna go viral. If it's Jake, if it's attached to Jake Paul, you're going viral. You're going fucking viral. You better stay off the internet for at least at least a week, at least four weeks. Knowing the MMA world and how ruthless people are nowadays, you might want to stay off for a few months, Ben Askren, if that happens. I I haven't seen Jake Paul's um, conditioning yet. Um, I have seen, obviously, a couple of his uh, fights and, you know, training. He looks good. Um, interesting to see what what happens. I mean, obviously, like I said, um, Ben Askren is a professional fighter. And... Uh, you know, obviously, like I said, can get the job done. And if he's able to tire Jake Paul out, but Ben Askren kind of has a big head too. And then his awkward stance when he stands 
like, I don't know. It just it's so awkward because I've never really seen him hit pads too much. So he has a lot to prove. A lot of people and a lot of things people are gonna see. Really gonna see um how good his striking is. And then I guess this fight with Jay Paul will really show it. But anyways, I mean, I didn't want to talk too much about it. Just, I'm not comfortable with it. I mean, I'm not comfortable with saying Ben can win. And I really just couldn't think of any ways that Ben can win other than out-condition him and out-do him. Out not out-grapple him, but you know, out, I guess, out-box him. It'll really significantly be interesting. And we'll talk more about it when the time comes, though, ladies and gentlemen. But anyways, uh, as I've been saying, um, my last week has been different. I had a couple days off. I mean, my days off were switched. So um, I was home for a couple of days of the week. And um, I guess it was, it was pretty cool, I guess. Um, my sleep schedule was kind of like not thrown off. It doesn't get thrown off. It's just that. I'm used to like, you know, if I have the same schedule, I'm used to, you know, I get attached to that same schedule for so long and all that. So, um, it was kind of thrown off for a little bit, but, um, how about that last podcast though? Two weeks, the two weeks of hell. That was, that was like some of the most wild shit that I've done. Um, that's happened to me in a while. So, um, I think all that's over. I feel so much better now. Um, so funny actually this is so random but um so last night i ended up dyeing my hair right i dyed my hair again well i mean it's the same color that it's been before it just the color was fading and all you could see was a brown and um it's blondish now so I mean, it looks cool i mean I, I like it i've had this look since uh college i haven't necessarily kept the consistency with it but um you know, it's, it's just part of your look. You got to establish your look. And speaking of looks, the top of this is the most hilarious part about all this. Is um, I went to check the mail earlier, right? Just casually. I always go check the mail every single day. Um, and a package comes for me. Oh, a package, a t-shirt. So I was, I was fucking around and stuff. And I was, I was on Amazon probably a couple weeks. No, not a little less than a week, couple weeks ago. Like under two weeks ago, so I'm just going. I'm looking. I'm looking. I see. I see these Trump shirts pop up because I was curious to see that. You know, I know they're taking all a lot of the Trump stuff off the internet because I guess they just want to cancel Donald Trump completely. So I went. I was on there right, and I uh, I went and found this Trump Trump shirt that said Trump 2024 on it. It um, has, um, I'm wearing it right now. I just, I thought it was such a cool shirt. It was a pretty cool shirt. So I was like, dude, I have to check this shit out. And it has an American flag going down. Um, it says Trump. Trump's name from the top to the bottom, the last name. And then on the, on the back, it has the same flag. Um, let me see. What does it look like? Did I take any pictures with it? I think this would be like a, a sketchy photo to post on the internet. Now, now today's uh, today's uh, climate 
the day and age. I mean, I, I'm not advocating anything, nor am I supporting anything specifically. I just thought it'd be cool to have something like that. I mean, I'm not gonna wear it out in public or anything. Jesus Christ, I don't want anybody to come in and fucking attack me or some shit. <laughs> as violent as these people are, but I got I got a cool shirt. I mean, it's a cool looking shirt, man. I mean, it's cool looking. I mean, Trump's a superstar. I mean, I don't. I really see him as a president. I almost seen him as like a, like a fucking Hollywood actor. He reminds me of a Hollywood actor significantly. So, I mean, it's just wild to, not see him on social media, because like you know, because it, it suspended his account. I mean, for the longest time, Trump, like I said, um, would be active on Twitter. He'd be very active, and then um, he'd always you you'd be looking and waiting for the next craziest thing that Trump says, and now we don't get access to that. So I mean, it's gonna be kind of different. It's it's been real different and stuff. But um, if that is news uh, about the parlor stuff that I was talking about earlier, um, I have a, a substantial following on there. I think I had like forty six followers on there, if I'm not mistaken. That's uh, I was building it up as I started to really take it down. But here, let me see. So let's see. So um, this is via Disclosed TV. You can follow them on uh, Telegram too uh, or Disclosed.tv. Um, new parlor co-owner Dan Boningo, Bongino reveals the platform will be online again within days. This comes after the board controlled by Rebecca Mercer terminated CEO John Matzi a week ago. So let's see. I, mean, I just want to go on Twitter and confirm this. I know, I know on Gab.com, um, their Twitter was um, suspended before. Um, what is it called? Um, so, so Gab.com, their tweet, their twit, uh, excuse me, their Twitter, at GetOnGab was suspended. And now, um, it's back. And, let's see, um, let's see, Parlor. Did I spell Parlor right? How do you spell Parlor? Oh, Parlor. So here we go. So he says Monday looks good. Fingers crossed. Uh, Monday looks good for a parlor's return. That's a headline. Um, I mean that would be cool. I mean I'm not saying that I'm not saying that that I mean it, it is cool. I mean it wasn't cool that it was taken down to begin with. But you know, I don't know what it may bring. We don't know if it's gonna bring negative or positive outcomes to it. You know what I mean? It just depends on the way that people decide to use it. So I mean personally for me, because I know that Twitter has been very selective with a lot of the things that they take down and things they don't necessarily agree with so they're pulling stuff down that they shouldn't be pulling down and and shit like that so um it'll be interesting to see what they end up doing because uh you know like i said uh they're very, they're very selective with um a lot of stuff that they uh that they pull down and stuff so I mean, I'm not saying that they're 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 pulling down a lot a lot of stuff, but you just can't risk it. You know what I mean? 
Like, you never know what you can risk because you don't know what you can get back. That's for sure. Like, you don't know. Like, say, you know, say like my platform. If I was taking off Twitter, dude, that would be a substantial blow for me. That would not be good for me. That would be terrible for me, actually, to be honest. It would be su substantially terrible. So I'm count counting some stuff right now. I think it's time to take another hit. You guys want to hear some music? Looking into my broken Android phone. The Note. I have the Note 8. I mean, it's because I don't, like... I mean, all the newer notes and stuff, they haven't substantially changed. And I've always liked this phone, so it's always been really good. As I'm looking at a cracked fucking screen, on um, Tuesday, I will be ordering a new one. So, that'll be good. I don't have to really worry about looking into a cracked screen anymore. But, yeah, um, this thing is all fucking busted up. I'm going to do the Android Switch thing and have everything that's on this phone be transferred over to that one man uh, obviously it has to get here and I have to order it and all that you know easier said than done um i'm excited for that though because i like to have a good setup when it comes to my doing my shows and stuff and just having all of it on you know what i mean oh the countdown show is there a countdown show that came out right now what do we got here um you have let me let me just pull it up. Let me. I just want to see real quick. Oh yeah, we got a uh, Usman versus Burns. Um, the yeah, that's really cool. Should we check that out for a second? Let's check this shit out. That's right. TurboTax Free Edition is free. You deserve to be compensated after. Hey, fuck you, bitch. I don't give a fuck about your ads, bitch. This is an exciting fight, man. I'm excited for this shit. Is one of sheer He's beating some of the best in the world. This is the best welterweight on the planet Earth. At 170 pounds. He's training with uh, Trevor Whitman? Wow. active win streak. And the highest win percentage. Kamaru Usman ran through this division. 12 consecutive victories. Oh, and that is it. An undefeated promotion. He has been dominant every step of the way in his UFC career. Exciting fight, very intriguing too. Because Gilbert Burns is a very dangerous guy, man. He's very dangerous, very, very striking heavy, very, very aggressive. I mean, obviously, like I said, they're trained with each other for a long time, so it'll be interesting to see how it fucking goes, man. They're trained with each other for a while. I know clear what I have to do to become 
And there's never really been anybody that's that confident against Kamaru. So it's going to be interesting. I'm not saying Colby wasn't confident, but it will be interesting to see to see how... Um, segue into another uh another um topic i mean usman versus burns we really get to see how good usman is when they fight i mean it's a training partner that he's 
train with for so long. I mean, we've seen people train with training partners still, but that's training. I mean, training is different than the fight. And obviously, like I said, I think that uh, this time it's gonna it's gonna be a viable challenge, though, because you look at. Usman's last few opponents, those are viable challenges, but he is rising above and he's winning. Beat Jorge Masvidal on short notice. I still believe if he fought Jorge Masvidal again, he would beat him again. I, th I just think he's that good. It's not that, Us uh, that Masvidal's bad or anything or anybody that fights Usman is bad. Ooh. Cody Stamen versus Askar Askarov is off the card tonight. What the fuck? I, I'm so high. I thought this was a fucking countdown show. Look, listen to this shit. That's not even anything UFC related. Can you hear it? Usman's fucking good. It's so exciting. Ooh, fuck. He beat the shit out of Tyron Woodley. Took him down. Hurt him on the feet multiple times. Interesting because like uh, Gilbert Burns is actually equally as dangerous, man. He's good on his feet. He's good on the ground. He's great grappling. He, he mixes it together. Very aggressive. It's old trading footage right here. Fucking dumb motherfucking ads. God damn it, ladies and gentlemen. Internet providers don't want you to know about this. 
Chris Hurst and Matthew Anderson are two. This is really interesting, though. Vitor Belfort in his corner, that's cool. Striking is phenomenal. His wrestling is phenomenal. His grappling is phenomenal. What can Burns not do? He knocks people out on the feet. Countdown show on our podcast. <coughs> Fucking starving, bro. 
accessibility comes both admiration and scrutiny. Everyone says, oh man, when people are talking online or, or, or tweeting you, you know, crazy stuff, don't even listen to it, don't even read it, don't look at it. <laughs> uh, it's easier said than done. It really you is. Realize, you know, how do you know if you get any good stuff if you don't read it? They're all looking up to you, you know? You're the That's what I'm about. saying. Yeah. Like, Yeah, that's some good shit, though, man. You know what I always say, man? You know, I have a bigger shovel out here. When it comes down to digging deep, can't nobody dig as hard as I can dig. Watch the people that you said know that what? Hey, I'm a, hey, don't matter. Everybody that said that before, they the canvas. Nowadays, we live in this era to where people just say whatever they want to say. You talking back to your mentor right now. Hey, you can feel like a big brother all you want, but at some point, big brother got to get their ass whooped, too. Not by you. I haven't seen a person on the roster to do it. You ain't going to be the one, bro. That's when Tyron was talking all that shit. And Usman comes in there and beats him. And he out-wrestled him. Ooh. Every time you hear Tyron really talking, there's just a highlight of Tyron being beaten up. Thirty percent headline. I mean, I have to say that that Colby versus Usman fight was pretty fun too, but uh, you know, like unfortunately, like say like come up short. He came up short in that one. I have to say, this is a good fucking promo, sure. 
But anyways, ladies and gentlemen, I think that's it for that freaking countdown show. Do we got anything left here on the show today? Joining us here, by the way, like I said, you can always follow us on Twitter, Instagram, KWTKPod for both of them. Mm. Anything we got, ladies and gentlemen? Um, no, I think I think that's it. I mean, obviously, like I said, we gotta watch the fights. Um, actually, no, that's not it. We can uh, we're gonna quickly talk about Alistair Overeem, <coughs> <coughs> one of the most. Excuse me. One of the most winningest heavyweights in heavyweight history in the UFC. Very successful. Had an outstanding UFC debut. And, you know, despite the losses that he's had in the UFC, he's had significant main event wins. I mean, let's take a look at Alistair Overeem's Wikipedia, man. Let's just pull that shit up. I mean, what Overeem's been able to do in the UFC has been nothing short of amazing, honestly. Damn, this phone's so fucked up. Here we go. Let's pull that shit up. All right, here we go. Um, and he's had multiple kickboxing fights. K one, dude. It's like, oh my god, this guy's fought for the whole his whole life. Okay, so let's see. Let's start from the very bottom. So, Overeem obviously has fought guys like James Thompson, Gary Goodbridge, Mirko Krokop, Mark Hunt before the UFC, Fabrizio Verdum. And strike force right before he came in the UFC in 2011. Came in and beat the great Brock Lesnar by TKO with the nasty body kicks. And that's when he came in, obviously, with all the hype. Came in flat. Antonio Silva lost 25 seconds in the third round. Then you go in the front kick by Travis Brown. When Obviously, like I said, he hurt Travis Brown in there, too. That's when he essentially threw the legal knees and all that. And Travis Brown ends up coming back and... Um, Um, came back and landed a nasty front kick to the face. And then, boom, after that, he comes in. He beats Frank Mir. That was the whole, uh, when they, uh, and it was like, oh, whoever loses this one potentially could get cut from the UFC. So he comes in, beats Frank Mir. It ends up not happening to Frank. Frank was still able to fight in the UFC. Um, but then he comes back. He gets caught by Ben Rothwell two minutes 19 seconds of the first round. Then he has, he goes on that three or four or five win streak and he's eligible to fight and he fights Stipe for the title. He he knocked out Stefan Struve. He beat down Roy Nelson. He stopped Junior Dos Santos by TKO and he front kicked Andre Alaski and knocked him out. And then he fought Stipe Miocic. That was when he knocked Stipe down and obviously he lost, he lost the, um, his title, well, lost the title shot four minutes and 27 seconds in the first round. So then he came back, beat Mark Hunt, knocked him out with knees, um, beat Fabrizio Verdum on scorecards. And, um, no decision, actually. Um, then he fought the great, the terrifying, the destructive Francis motherfucking Ngannou. Got knocked out in the fucking 
fucking next generation. And then obviously fought Curtis Blades, who's surging as well. One of those guys that um should be fighting for a title in the near future. It's gonna be hard to sell that one, especially if Francis Ngannou wins. But we got Francis versus Stipe Miocic coming up too, so that's gonna be very fun fight. We'll briefly touch base on that at on the end of the show. Um, but yeah, so going up to there, then he um he loses after he loses Curtis Blades, he comes back, beats Sergei, Sergei Pavlovich, Alexei Olenek. You know, obviously was winning the fight against Jarzino Rosenstrike in the very last seconds, and he gets caught four seconds last of the last fucking uh, of the last round where he was winning and dominating. So realistically, from the his Curtis Blades loss, one, two, three, four, he should be on a five fight win streak. Overall, he's won every single fight that he's fought, dating back to the Curtis Blades fight. Other other than the Curtis Blades fight, um. So Overeem's a killer, man. He he he's very good. At one point in time, obviously he relied on those big muscles to get him through to where he needs to be, and obviously bully his way into um submissive victory. So, but I mean, obviously just being so fucking destructive and and nasty, and obviously fighting in K one, and you know really bulking up, and obviously he's had his past issues with the drug test failures and stuff like that. Uh, and obviously his body significantly has changed since uh, pre-USADA days, but we've seen that. And when we also see his body shrink down, we've seen him add different elements into his game. You know, if you got if you thought this guy was a complete fighter, boom, you see him add wrinkles to his game. I mean, flying knees, front kicks, and just, you know, very calculated, very patient. You know, doesn't blow his wad in the very first round. He doesn't um tire himself out. Very good cardio. I mean, obviously very good chin. People want to talk about his chin not being that good. But, you know, he's just getting hit clean by these nasty power punches. I mean, Stipe fucking hits hard. Francis, obviously, you should know, hits hard as well. I mean, Curtis Blades is just very destructive in its own right, too. I mean, very good takedowns and very nasty ground and pound and stuff. And, you know, a lot of, um you know, over him just been getting caught, you know, you, you, with that many fights and that much stuff underneath your um underneath your wings, you know. You get caught in this game, man. Over he has over like seventy fucking fights it's overall. I can't imagine over like all time. I mean if you ask him how many fucking fights he has, dude. How many fucking fights does that man have? It's a lot. So it's just like uh you know, it's amazing to see him <sighs> <laughs> it's amazing to see um, him and see what he's accomplished and um, see, like, you know, just to see his longevity still. His, his longevity in the sport still very solid. Overeem's 40. Yeah, he's like forties. Uh, already in his forties. I mean, Overeem is is legitimate legitimatized his career for sure. He's preserved it too. At a lot of points points in time where people called for him to retire at points in time. I remember people saying it when he first fought. Um, when he, when he was fighting Frank Mir, people were saying, "Oh, he should retire." I mean, this is the this is the one uh, that everybody should you know obviously whoever. Um, loses should retire, and all that, and and you know obviously I don't I didn't think that was gonna be the case. I mean, like I said, I don't really uh judge 
I mean, unless it's clearly fucking obvious if a motherfucker needs to retire, dude. You know what I mean? So, it's like, you know, if it's not clear that they need to retire, then I'm not going to push for them to retire. So, obviously, look at Alistair Overeem. When he first made his arrival in the UFC, it, it, it was 2011. I was a little-ass kid. I wasn't even of age. When Alistair Overeem made his debut, yet I paid attention. Yet it was the most important one. It it was it was a subsequent, very devastating UFC debut if you're Brock Lesnar, but very phenomenal fucking uh, debut for Alistair. I mean, very very fun guy to listen to. Very entertaining. Very smart, and one of the most likable guys in the UFC. Man, he's very very talented. Very fucking good. For sure, and obviously he said he wants to make a run at that last belt. I mean, obviously, obviously, like I said, he, he has that moral goal in mind. But we can look at um, Curtis Blades. Obviously, Curtis Blades is in the mix. Is Curtis Blades fighting somebody next? Let's see. Is let's see. Let's check that shit out real quick. Um, Curtis Blades. I think he fought Junior Dos Santos in his last fight. Let's see, Curtis Blades. Where are you fighting? Who the fuck are you fighting next? I don't know if he's fighting anybody. Oh, yeah, 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 he is. He's fighting Derek Lewis on February 20th. Oof. I don't know. I mean, I don't know. If Derek Lewis doesn't use his takedown defense in that fight, that's going to um a lot of problems for Derek Lewis. That's an easy win for Curtis Blades, too. Um, I'm locked out of my um, verdict MMA, so I haven't remembered my fucking passcode or any shit like that, so... I haven't been betting in a while, so that's why I haven't really put too many bets down. But yeah, and stylistically, Curtis Blades has a very explosive wrestling, the best wrestling in the heavyweight division as of late and right now. And, you know, obviously, like I said, I mean, it's gonna, it just depends to see if Curtis can avoid the hands of Derek Lewis. Derek Lewis is known to scramble at times and, you know, move and get out of the fucking way. And he's very explosive on the ground. I mean, his his grappling defense, he get gets up. His his takedown, where you know, obviously very good. Takedown defense is very good. Obviously not against a high level wrestler like a Cormier, but you know, Derek Lewis for the most part, you know, was able to scramble and get back up to his feet, and pull things out of his ass. Man, he he pulls some shit out of his ass sometimes. I mean, he has an amazing social media following, but you know that's not gonna save you. That's not gonna save you when you're. Uh, um, it's not gonna save you when um, you're you're fighting a guy like uh, Derek Lewis. How fucking amazing is this, by the way? Um, Amazon delivered my shirt. I said it should be getting getting here between the between here and. Uh, so February 16th and February 18th. And it gets here on the 6th. Amazon must love me. That's cool, though. But yeah, like I said, there's some good fights coming up. Ah, motherfucking bitch. I'm not going to be able to watch the fights live. But that's what ESPN Plus is for. And go back. And obviously, I'll be tuning in. I'll watch whatever fights I can while I'm at work. I do work the night shift today, ladies and gentlemen. So, sadly, I cannot watch and enjoy the fights. 
So, I think without further ado now, ladies and gentlemen, I think we can call it. It's a great show today. Um, like I said, congrats to um, Paige Van Zandt on a you know, fun debut. Unfortunately, on the losing end <coughs> of the debut. I feel like we talked about a lot today, generally. We covered, obviously, um, Jake Paul fighting Ben Askren. Very not very uncomfortable still with that matchup. I don't think Ben Askren can get the job done. And if he does, pull something out of his or of out of his ass then by all means and my bad for doubting you know who are we to sit down in the background and doubt a professional athlete against another professional athlete i mean jake paul very stud athlete phenomenal wrestler ben askin former world champion and bellator former world champion and one championship i mean contender in the ufc i mean he's had a decorated career olympian hodge trophy winner i mean he's a credentialed fighter he's one of the, the most credentialed fighter that jake paul has fought against so that'll be interesting to see maybe when they get closer and closer maybe we see more footage maybe we just got to sit and, and wait and watch and see what happens we'll see what happens with that um we talked about what's next at 155 pounds um you know my money i said would be dustin versus charles Oliveira. dustin poirier charles Oliveira, chandler versus gaichi and yeah, obviously mcgregor wants to have a busy year so we can throw him in with a with a Tony Ferguson or you know him let him fight Nate Diaz a third time, but I don't know how likely that's gonna be. We'll wait to see what happens, and you know we'll keep continuing to see and unfold and talk about everything that's going on in the in the May world. It's good to be back. I enjoy doing these shows with you. I think we went a lot. We were nearly an hour and thirty minutes, or a little bit more so than that. But uh, I like doing these long ones because we talk about a lot. We we get through a lot and we, we cover a lot, too. We go on constant rants and we just have a good time here on the show. So without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, um, let's see. Anything else we covered here? Um, we covered about <laughs> my bad luck with Stizzy Pins. I'm going to keep this one. You're not going to hear about me going to another store to get another Stizzy because I'm going to keep this one on the wraps um we talked about everything uh, yeah, we, we pretty much covered every single thing today ladies and gentlemen so one last time uh, follow us on twitter follow us on instagram kwtk pod on twitter kwtk pod on instagram g the king official um gab.com slash g the king official um parlor will hopefully have some good news on that within the third uh within the um next few days if we're not back tomorrow ladies and gentlemen then we will be back in the middle of the week if not we'll be back on next friday ladies and gentlemen i don't like going a long time without you guys and i don't like talking a long time without you guys so we will be back sooner rather than later ladies and gentlemen stay tuned for anybody like i said that doesn't know that dj turn it up song in the very beginning of the podcast after my ad and at the end of it was designed and beat beat um i beat um a beep 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 no i designed it and i uh, mixed it so it's my beat and i designed it and mixed it so i hope you guys enjoy it ladies and gentlemen dj turn that beat up we're out of here bye folks dj turn it motherfucking up we out of here DJ turn me up, DJ turn me up. Yeah. I like my music loud, so DJ turn me up, DJ turn me up. Yeah. I like my music loud, so DJ turn me up, DJ turn me up. Yeah.
music loud so DJ turn me up DJ turn me up Trying to get hit, music allowed this nigga with hits. If I have on it, then do what you get. I just go in like the fit of a switch. I come to party, trying to get hit, music allowed this nigga with hits. If I have on it, then do what you get. I just go in like the fit of a switch.